There's been some sensational headlines lately in a lot of the usual places surrounding Boris Johnson and the weed. A lot of it's to do with these two aides that he's hired, one of them being Blair Gibbs. Blair Gibbs, he formerly led policy at the Centre for Medicinal Cannabis. He was a policing aide to Boris as well when he was the Mayor of London. He's written articles and he's been very vocal in his support about legalisation. The other one is Danny Kruger. Now actually, Danny Kruger is the guy who wrote the hilarious hug a hoodie thing for David Cameron. He's actually the guy behind it. And later on, he wrote something in The Spectator talking about how he was, well, he was basically trying to defend it. I don't know, a bit of face saving probably. But Danny Boy wrote an article for The Spectator called Make Drugs Dull, Legalising Cannabis the Canadian Way in 2017. He did say at that time, we do not need to ban everything bad. After all, the Victorians never prohibited alcohol. I'm not a fan of the way he phrased that, to be perfectly honest. I mean, like, because you're starting there with the premise that weed is bad in the first place. And I just don't think that's the thing. That's the way to start with it, you know, and especially not comparing us to the Victorians. For a start, this makes me think of the that thing that Joe Rogan said before when he was talking about how, you know, if you eat like a pound of salt, you'll die. But that's not because of this. It's not the salt's fault. It's because you used the salt wrong. And the same thing should apply to drugs. You know, there's, I think as we all know, there's no real good reason why weed is illegal in the first place. I know it might seem old hat to do a whole recap, so we won't spend a long time doing it. But what we'll do is we'll, we'll hit some of the highlights of, you know, for example, weed versus alcohol. Because, I mean, like, the amount of people that alcohol kills in so many ways is through the roof. I mean, weed can't even kill you. Sure, you can have an accident or something while you're high, you can die that way, but the actual weed itself, like you can die of alcohol poisoning, but see if you say in a joint there's like half a gram of weed, that means you would need to smoke between 238 and 1,113 joints a day to possibly overdose, you would die of asphyxiation first. And then you've got the mental health issue as well, I mean... Boomer, Tory Shire, low IQ, outrage rags like the Daily Mail will often run sensational headlines about how smoking weed will make you some kind of sexual degenerate, masturbating, crying in the corner of a 1930s style mental asylum just because you smoked a joint before, you know, because what, what these places, it's a bit much, right, but what these places kind of do is they take a study and they take out the little tiny negative bits and they amplify it and they go, oh man, this is going to be the next big crisis, it's terrible. And then they leave out all the other stuff. There's loads of times I've read those kind of articles in different places too. And all they do is they just cherry pick the bad bits. And, and I will say there are some places only cherry pick the good bits as well. But I mean, look, if you've got a tendency towards mental illness, then, you know, like smoking dope or doing any drugs isn't really going to be for you. But as well, I mean, people do want to bring up links between like weed and mental illness, but I don't hear an awful lot of people talking about alcoholic psychosis, which is very common. You know, I know people that have had all sorts of mental health problems as a result of consuming way too much booze. And then if mental health is such a big issue, then we would surely need to ban booze because, I mean, what booze does for people's mental health is terrible. Even to the point that, you know, some alcoholics, they kind of even get kind of mentally stunted. You'll notice a lot of people who are alcoholics for a long time, they often they like don't become adults properly. It's almost like they get stuck at a certain period of growth where they started drinking. It's a very odd phenomenon that I've seen a few times. You know, this is the thing. People with mental health problems are going to have problems either way. And if mental health problems are such an issue, then surely we would need to ban booze. What, does booze just get a pass because for some reason it's been legal longer? You know, like things like cocaine and heroin used to be legal in this country a long time ago. I don't understand why booze is the one that gets a pass. I mean, think of the outrage if you wanted to ban that. And it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. There's a reason why there's all these kind of stories and songs that refer to it as things like the devil's liquor and things like that. And poison and all these sorts of things. 
You know, so people start this crap about, oh, this isn't the weed you smoked naked in a field back in 1974. No, oh, weed has changed now. Now it's super strength, THC heavy, spice super skunk, you know, like they just throw in all these words that they come up with. Or that they've heard somewhere, you know, and it makes the, they think in their mind, it makes them sound like they know what they're talking about. It was like, I remember one time there was like a, I don't know, it was some congressional thing or something, and it was all these boomers and they were talking about like YouTube and the algorithm, they were talking about the algorithm as if it was some kind of semi-mythical deity, you know, it was quite interesting to watch actually. And the thing is, look, there is, had been advancements and growing and all sorts of things like that over the years, of course there has, but do you not think that it's so uncontrollable because of the illegal nature of it. I mean, because booze is like, it's heavily regulated, you know, you can't just produce any type of booze, you need to follow certain regulations and controls so that it's safe or whatever, or you know, whatever. It's all just a big government scam to control things. Or don't you think they would do the same thing if they made weed legal? So, I mean, it's just a, it's a self-defeating argument, really. And I mean, obviously, the thing you think about as well is, there is the medical versus the recreational bit, you know, I mean, look, I want to make it very clear that I'm not one of these people that thinks that, like, weed cures everything and it's going to solve all our problems and all this kind of thing. You know, we'll leave the hemp thing aside, actually, hemp is very good for all sorts of things, but, yeah, I don't think that, you know, like, I don't even think weed really cures anything, I think that it can just help ease symptoms of things, basically, and, you know, that's an important thing in itself. So many cases where people have been helped, you know, by weed. There was that guy I remember reading about, um, Alfie Dingley, and he was a six-year-old boy with epilepsy from Warwickshire in England. He has this basically this rare form of epilepsy that causes up to 150 seizures per month. Now, I'm epileptic and I've had nowhere near that many seizures in my entire life, and that's terrifying. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, up to 150 per month, that's just crazy. And if you know what it's like and how much a seizure takes out of you, that's a lot to deal with. So, I mean, they were applying, this was last year, the government, because they, they had them in Holland, and I believe it was the CBD oil that, was, that they were using. You know, and the thing was, Alfie's mum, when she was talking about what if the government rejected her request and stuff like that, she was saying it's a big decision, and if they say no, they're condemning our son to death. Now, Alfie was the first person in the UK granted a licence to use this kind of medicine in the UK, but now, in an article just written a few months ago, his mum's saying, but because he's got used to the strain, now his body's developed a tolerance to it, so they obviously need different strains for it to work properly. But because of bureaucracy and strict import rules and all this usual government pish that just quite frankly doesn't need to exist, she's having trouble with that. That's why, you know, I'm not even saying don't just make it medically, you know, like legal, make it completely recreationally legal as well. You wouldn't have these problems, you can open the market up. And that's the thing, there's other people, things you wouldn't think of. I knew someone that had bad anorexia. And then what she started doing was smoking a joint before having dinner, and then she was able to eat more and put on weight and get better over time. And there's all the other stuff, like different types of pain, nausea, PTSD, MS, this stuff can help, you know. I even know people that have used weed to be alcohol addiction. And some people can start, again, start the whole thing about like, oh, well, you're just replacing one drug with another. But I mean, smoking dope, and drinking booze is completely different. It's absolutely different. Because with booze, like, you've got your hangovers that affect you. You can't get up, can't go to work and things like that. You act more erratic and crazy when you're drinking. You don't remember things. You act more aggressive when you're drinking as well. It's more dangerous for your health. I mean, somebody that... You, I know people that are... That are that smoke that are very productive, very high functioning. All they do is smoke weed. It's a much different ball game. I mean, if you drink a lot of booze, you're going to be drunk for a while. If you smoke a lot of dope, you're stoned for a couple of hours max and then you're fine again. 
You know, and if you think that be like being an alcoholic and being a pothead is even remotely the same ball game, that just shows how little experience you have with either of the two drugs. The real danger of cannabis is something that South Park mentioned, and that is namely that it can make you happy with being bored or make you comfortable at least with being bored and not doing anything, and that is a danger. However, it's not true for everyone. Like I said, I know lots of high-functioning people who smoke dope every day and they get on, they do, they do high-powered jobs and everything's fine. I'm like, I'm not saying it's for everyone. Like I said, I mean, there's people who are alcoholics who shouldn't be drinking booze. There's people who, you know, we don't just not be good for them. Not, I'm not saying everyone should be doing it. So talking about this split between recreational and medicinal, if we get back to one of these advisors, Blair Gibbs, in a 2018 article called Legalising Cannabis for Medical Reasons Doesn't Have to Lead to Recreational Use, he said, policymakers and campaigners all know the real issue. Experience to date tells us that introducing medical cannabis has invariably led to legalisation of recreational pot, and this is a much harder sell. Not only because Britain is less libertarian than the many North American jurisdictions that have gone this far, but also because it is widely seen, and rightly so, as a giant leap. And such things are as alien to the British political culture and constitutional tradition. That just sounds like a shitty culture that we have to get rid of. That's the problem with this country as well. No real revolutionary spirit. We'll talk about Jeremy Corbyn in a minute talking about revolution, but it's just it's just not here at all, you know. And it never really has been, to be fair. You know, people, they've just put up with anything. But he does talk, Blair Gibson, this about how it would realistically be and need to be introduced medically first before you could even think about, you know, introducing weed, you know, legally for recreational use. Which I think is just kind of ridiculous anyway. But I mean, the fact that it hasn't even been cleared totally for med I know there is some going on just now, but the fact it's not totally cleared for medicinal use already is a problem. And here's the thing, I mean, I think legalizing weed is an election winner. I mean, so legalisation was backed by 48% with only 24 opposed based on a YouGov poll carried out by the Conservative Drug Policy Reform Group this year. And support was highest among 18 to 24-year-olds, 50%, 54%, and lowest among people 65 or older, funnily enough, at 39%. It's not your weed boomer. A separate YouGov poll last year in 2018 found that 43% support and 41% opposed I mean, attitudes have definitely changed towards it. You, you know that even just by talking to people. And they've never given us a referendum on whether we want weed legalised or not. I mean, Scottish independence, sure, leaving the European Union, fine, tell us what you think. You know, but for some reason, no, we can't have a referendum for that. That would just be fucking crazy. You know, and there's these trends in other countries like America and Canada and stuff like that. I mean, the trend is towards more of a kind of legalisation. I mean, I've been to Amsterdam loads of times. Sure, it's a decriminalisation. The law's different there. But I mean, the place, I mean, it's got its all, all its problems like any big city does, but it's not falling apart. But here's the thing. So the people that hate Boris Johnson, they're not going to suddenly become his biggest fan just because he's legalised. We'd be like, yeah, we'll take it. But it's not exactly a vote winner. I mean, if he was promising to do that anyway for some kind of election... Jeremy Corbyn could just promise the same thing. And why doesn't Jeremy Corbyn, the fence-sitting, disappointing red scare, actually just go for it and say, let's legalise it? I mean, I think years ago he talked about, you know, maybe for medical uses and a small bit of, you know, like decriminalisation if someone's caught with a small bit on him. But this guy, you know, used to boast about, oh, I'm just so radical, man. You know, if I was in power, you'd see how radical I was. And then, you know, he's just on that fucking fence, as he is about a lot of things. And the other thing is the people who would be Boris's natural voters, I mean, that 39%, I'm going to guess a lot of them are Tory voters. You know, they're those boomers that are reading the Daily Mail and the Tory shires, and they won't thank him for it at all. So for Boris, it's a lose-lose. The people who don't like him just because he legalises weed 
aren't really going to start liking him. It's not going to win him any votes at any upcoming election at any time. And the people who would vote for him, like I said, the Tory Shire people, if he goes for this, they're not going to like that shit at all. And they're the people he needs. I mean, let me just pour some more cold water all over your erection while I'm at it. Blair Gibbs, he was sharing a lot of stuff on Twitter up to this point, you know, about about legalising weed and all that kind of thing. His Twitter has now gone inactive since getting the job. A government spokesperson has already said uh, about in relation to comments made about these two aides that these are comments made by individuals before they join government and do not reflect government policy. And Boris himself admitted to smoking weed way back in the day when he was at Eton, probably before they went out harassing the peasants or something like that. But what he said about it will make you feel even worse about this. He said, it was jolly nice, but apparently it's very different these days, much stronger. I've become very illiberal about it. I don't want my kids to take drugs. So, there you have it. Boris isn't going to give you the weed. Jeremy Corbyn's too scared to take positions on anything. Like I said, I mean, I think largely attitudes towards it are very different now than what they used to be. It's a shame. We'll get it probably eventually at some point, but you're definitely not going to get it from Boris.